Welcome to the Final Girls Podcast. I'm Anna Bogutska, co-founder of the Final Girls Collective and your podcast host. To celebrate the release of Fresh in the UK on Disney+, Plus, we've got an exclusive interview with the film's director, Mimi Cave. Fresh, which premiered at the Sundance Film Festival a few months ago, earlier this year, follows a young woman, played by Normal People's Daisy Edgar-Jones, was burned out from the dating scene until she meets the very charming Steve played by the very charming Sebastian Stan, a young man with apparently no red flags. Of course, this is a horror film, so the entire thing is a giant red flag. In my chat with Mimi, we talk about the horrors of contemporary dating and how she approached this balance of romance and horror in the film. Please note, the first half of the interview is spoiler-free, but we do make it super clear when we're entering spoiler territory, there will be a little audio break. So after that moment, we talk explicitly about the twists and the ending of the film. I really enjoyed watching Fresh. And I think a big part of that was actually not knowing anything about what was going to happen. So I do encourage you to check it out first and then coming back to this interview. And if you enjoy this podcast, do follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Final Ghost UK, and consider leaving us a little review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And with all of that said, please enjoy my conversation with Mimi Cave. Hi, how's it going? Really good. Thank you so much for taking the time for coming onto the pod. So I'm going to dive straight into my questions about Fresh. Um, I wanted to start really by asking you what the genesis of it was. I, you know, came on to the film after sort of pitching on on the script. And once I was on board, um, it was like many, many months of, of write, writing and rewriting and um, working with the producers and, and everyone to to sort of shape the vision. But um, no, there's no there's no one scene in particular that drew me in. I think that I felt like there was a lot of material in the script and it was about sort of like shaping and sculpting what was there to to be something that had a specific tone that I was after. And what was that specific tone that you were after? Um, you know, I think that I was kind of wondering if I could um, if I could shape this script into something that uh, felt like what I, I think a few other movies have done really well, um, which is that, you know, there's a, a good, a good mix between funny and scary. Mm -hmm. Um, but that isn't coming off in a campy way. So I wanted it to be elevated, but I still wanted to make people laugh and I still wanted to make people gasp and really feel something. Mm -hmm. And and I've I've seen this film kind of be pitched and and talked about as a take on the horrors of modern dating, uh, which as someone who is dating, I, I could not agree with more completely. And I wanted to kind of wonder what um what your take is on the on the state of modern dating. Kind of why do you, what do you think kind of this the horror space is is perhaps an appropriate one to satirize it and to and to explore it at the same time. Yeah, I think that that experience is so sort of rife with real, um, real comedy and real things that happen that are just sort of like until you see them played back in front of you, you don't realize how crazy it is. Um, 
And also just the sort of like the dangers that as, you know, single women face all the time that a lot of people, especially men aren't really aware of. So, um, I think that there was just, there's, you know, it sounds so simple, but I think there's just so much there to play with. And, you know, one of the reasons why we've described the film that way is because it's true, but also because we don't want to give anything away and we want people, you know, to come in a little bit blind um, to really be able to experience sort of the shock of the movie. Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of really leading into my next question, because you only really, well, there's two really clear choices there, you know, the the shift of tone and what the movie is, and and also just the choice of running the, the title credits about 33 minutes in, I think it is. Um, so can you talk a little bit about this very clear demarcation of what we start with as a kind of romantic comedy kind of a me cute situation and how we move very quickly um into the horror space um yeah i think like you know when i read the script there were moments that i felt sort of shock or like you know what what the fuck kind of moments mm-hmm. <laughs> and i wanted to make sure that that feeling was something portrayed and I don't even think it's in the same moments where I felt it in the script, but I just knew that that was something that was so special about it and that needed to be, you know, visually represented. And so I think for me, when I'm breaking down the script, I'm seeing that there's just like the way the acts have been sort of set up. um, I need to really get the audience looped into these characters and invested in their well-being really early on. Um, in order to throw a bunch of crazy shit at them and have them, you know, not get up and leave. So I, I think, I think because I knew there was such wild things coming, I, I knew that I had to ground um, Noah in, in reality and really make her feel so relatable and, and, and uh, Molly as well to where mm-hmm you know, you're really rooting for them. And then when, you know, when our shift happens, it really is like, okay, now you thought you were watching one movie and now you're watching a different movie. Mm-hmm. Um, are you like, it's sort of a bit of a dare, you know, like, are you willing to, to stay and, and go on this ride? And, and then one thing that I kind of appreciated about Noah as the movie progresses is that we don't really get to know that much about her and I was wondering if if it was a, a sort of a deliberate choice uh, of the script and of your direction as well to make her as a sort of a an avatar for everyone like an every woman yeah I mean I think she is that and and I think that you know as we sort of like honed in on what each character's sort of place was in the world we realized that she, you know I realized that she really needed to be the straight man, you know, and mm-hmm. the only way that we were going to buy into the crazy shit around her is if we could always have her to come back to and, and give us a sense of reality. Um, mm-hmm. And so that was a big part of shaping the character with Daisy and, you know, making sure that the trajectory of her character in every scene felt really, really real and really like some something you might actually do or, you know, your friend, how they might respond um, just to the point where, again, like anytime we go off the rails, we can return to Daisy for a sense of grounding. Hmm. 
and and kind of I wanted to talk a bit about Steve and I wanted to ask you kind of how much did you or or I guess you and Sebastian really were willing to push him into the into the extreme as a character so I mean Sebastian as an actor is just like very willing to take a lot of risks and I think Mm -hmm. you know everyone involved in this movie was very committed um, from the get-go and sort of had to be in order to make this movie work so for him it wasn't so much about like is he willing to go to extremes? I mean, this extremes were already, you know, inherent in coming on to the movie. Um, mm-hmm. So it was really more about how do we shape Steve to be, you know, um, his own sort of like standout character that's not the same as maybe another psychopath sort of um, trope character in mm-hmm. another film. And so that that was really the challenge is just like developing the nuances with him of in which moments he was going to be a bit bigger and in which moments he was going to pull pull back and, and what the repercussions would be. And what were some of those kind of things that um, that would either come from either you or from Sebastian kind of that you uh, that you wanted to bring to to shape Steve into kind of this very contemporary style of psychopath? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we, we knew that he, that Steve was someone who was very, very ordered and, and, um, and had a lot of like control issues. Mm -hmm. So, and also a lot of arrogance. Um, Mm -hmm. And so some of the choices that we made in terms of like, even just the logistics of how he built his house, because that house was a set that we built. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we were able to build it sort of through the lens of Steve, like what would he do and what was, were his choices? And, you know, he, he sort of had this arrogance to him that he could do whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted without repercussion. And I think um, that sort of like is a type of man that is, can be quite charming, you know, that sort of overconfident man um, and yet have a lot of danger behind it. So that was one thing, but Steve mm-hmm. became very complex in, in so many ways. And so I think every time we were portraying him in different lights, we, we always had to sort of ask ourselves, is this something that he would say or do, or, um, you know, how would Steve do this in his own specific way? Mm-hmm. And there is something so very chilling about how blasé he is sometimes, especially about the way that he recounts things. And even all the the refinements, you know, the, his beautiful house, uh, his very bougie taste, the the exquisite plating of the the piece of the the meat that he does. I mean, do you think that do you see Steve as the sort of exaggeration of some of the toxin and toxic entitlement that exists in in men who date women specifically absolutely i mean i think you know the hope is that we through steve we're sort of we have an amalgamation of a lot of different toxic male traits um and that was that's a big role for an actor to take on and um and i think that yeah there there's there's a lot there um i'm trying to think of like where to go with this question just Mm -hmm. in terms of um directing it at a specific moment in the script. But, but I think like his blase-ness is something that I find really fascinating about um, just certain sort of like more toxic male traits. um, And sometimes it's with people who 
and you know, women do this too, but it's sometimes with people who don't even realize they're doing it where it's like a sense of entitlement and a sense of narcissism that's so far gone that they their feet aren't even on the ground, you know? And I think mm-hmm. um, with a movie like this, we get to like take things over the top, you know, and really like um, go really big with things in order to sort of drive a point home. Mm-hmm. And that's what was so fun about doing it. But at the same time, that's what's so chilling because I think everybody knows that person who is blase about about really important things. And you're like, well, shouldn't you care more about this or Mm -hmm. (laughs) or, or those moments where maybe as a female, you've been in a relation, you know, as a sort of cis, cisgender female, like been in a relationship with um, a hetero relationship with a man and, and had that feeling of like, mm, that you're, you know, the way that you're feeling, it doesn't matter. Um, And that, and that like, Oh, I, I feel like there's this pressure, like a certain type of pressure on some women to be like, be the every, every man's girl, like where you're like, oh yeah, I'm totally cool with that. You know, like I can hang mm-hmm. with boys, but also I'm beautiful, but also I'm this, but also I'm that. And it's just like all these ridiculous expectations, um, all to serve the man. And it's, oh, it's a cool goal trap. Yes. And I think like there's, so for me, there's like a little hint of that in there and, Mm -hmm. and every scene has like a little hint of something, you know, a different experience in it. And, and I'd really love to talk about kind of the second half of the movie, if that's okay with you. Yeah. As long as, you know, it's after the movie comes out, (laughs) I will say, I will say if you want the best experience of seeing fresh, go in knowing the least and listen to this after. (laughs) Which is exactly what I did, and my I, my little head I, like I perked up in a physical way once it went where it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you live around here? Because I, I live on aisle six. That was terrible. It was kind of terrible. What's his Instagram? I want to stalk a little bit. Just have one. Say what? Yeah. Oh no! See, that's that's shady. Let's play a game. Tell me something you don't want me to know. I hate this. Okay. <laughs> Put all our hopes in finding happiness through someone else. Yeah. Girl, you are all digmatized and I haven't even seen this dude. What's going on? I'm gonna tell you, but you're gonna freak out. No, this isn't happening. Yeah, it's happening. No games. Know what you wanted? It's about giving. Giving yourself over to somebody. Becoming one forever. That's love. Forget this. It's a straight girl's fantasy come true, right? And in this part, really kind of with uh, talking more in depth about the ending, I wanted to ask you about the the very specific choice to make uh, Steve not just a, a psychopath or a killer of women, but specifically a cannibal and one that caters to this invisible society of, of high-class cannibals too. Can you talk a, a little bit about the this specific choice of yeah i mean you know that that sort of setup was written into the script and so a lot of a lot of the things in the script were just there and it was how how am i going to take it into the visual space um and i think again like 
sometimes you have to like take big swings to get people to like notice. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that this film does that really well without being, um, without being campy or anything like that. It's really like, um, cannibalism is, if you think about it, it's maybe that type of, and this is all conjecture. Like, I don't know, mm-hmm. but it, it's maybe that type of thing where, you know, the 1% of the 1% of people on the planet, if, if let's say you're someone where you have all the wealth in the world and you, no one ever says no to you. And you're someone who's a thrill seeker, mm-hmm. I, who knows, maybe that is something that, um, is the, the one thing that you, you know, that most people can't get that you want to try or whatever. And, and so that's, that's what we tapped into with that sort of theme. And again, it's all fiction, but I think mm-hmm. there is a, like a larger message there of like, yeah, there are, there are people like, like this, whether they're, you know, <laughs> cannibals or not, I don't know, but there are people like this in the <laughs> world that really are doing really insane things under the radar, like Jeffrey Epstein, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. And I think that that fear and that sort of reality was the thing we wanted to strike on a little bit while doing it through the lens of, of, of cannibalism. And, and I want to talk, if you wouldn't mind expanding on kind of the specific visual choices as well of how you portray that, because on the one hand, it could go into, you know, a lot of body horror, a lot of grotesque um, imagery, but there is something about the, the choices, you know, a lot of close-ups, a lot of um, really almost kind of like lustful framing of some of the things that make it even, even more confusing because it's shot in such an appealing way. But what you're being told that you're seeing is quite horrific. Um, so- <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think, um, you know, I I pulled back a lot of the sort of gore that mm-hmm. was inherent in the story just because I think that there's already like, especially for women, there's already an inherent fear that we walk around with. And Mm -hmm. from, from like being a little girl up until being a woman. And I think that it was more about tapping into the fear that already exists and less about, you know, a desire to show like women's bodies cut up on screen, which I'm not, I don't, I don't have a desire to do. Um, So I think that, you know, a lot of the choices I made in terms of that had to do with what can I show that's going to make you feel the fear that Noah's fear feeling, you know, and, and is that's through framing and sound design and and how can we get, you know, the viewer into that headspace without, you know, um, showing them a lot of blood and gore. And then, you know, because the story so nicely had the cannibalism element sort of woven into it as a fear factor, I think, and as just sort of this like outrageous scenario, um, I think that, I don't know. I, I think that, that I, we also had to be telling it through Steve's lens a little bit in terms of like how incredible he thinks this all is and how like, mm-hmm. and, and so you do get a little confused and that's sort of the point is as mm-hmm. the movie goes on, it's like, we, you kind of start to question where your head is at, you know? And, and I think that's, what I like about it and, and, and what I tried to do because, you know, Noah is in a situation where of course she's going to question her sanity and anyone would. And so I think that was an element we didn't want to ignore. 
And I really want to talk a little bit as well about um, the kind of the supporting characters, but specifically about the the way that you always keep going back to Molly and never let her really fall into the kind of the cliche bestie who then disappears once the 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 horror of Steve's house begins. Um, can you talk a little bit about how do you think the um, how do you balance that in the in the structure of the film of keeping us in the house and with Noah and Steve and her her survival while at the same time having this whole you know personal investigation going on by her friend who's trying to find her yeah I think you know it 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 was a challenge to to break down the film in that way and make sure pacing wise we were in the house enough that we felt the experience, but we weren't in it so much that we were, you know, sort of like as a experience stuck in sort of the dread of it. We, we have comedy in the film and we want that levity, but we also have this like incredible sort of friendship story. And Mm -hmm. I do think um, that bond between the women and like taking care of each other is really important. And, and I think that, the moments in our lives as, as women, when we, um, you know, need to lean on each other, we often go to our, our, you know, our girl, our girl group in a lot of, in a lot of ways. And I think that, um, what I hope is that it's, it's obvious or maybe not so obvious that a lot of the tropes that are in certain films, we, we used, and then we changed up sort of the outcome of them. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really interesting to me to just be like, okay, well, you know, you maybe you've seen this type of character before, but that doesn't mean you've seen what they're going to do. And I, I really liked that idea and kind of liked playing with that idea and sort of having the weight of the story be, be sh- you know, shared between them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And, and a final question as we wrap up, Mimi, um, what would you like, people to take away from fresh after they watch it um i just want people to feel something i think that it's a really interesting time to have this movie release i i i am sad that it's not in theaters but um because i do think that's the best way to see it in a group of people in a in a theater but um so i would i would encourage people to see it with a group of people or friends uh because it's it does have an entertainment value to it that's really fun and, and what it comes down to is really sort of like a catharsis. I think we've, we've all like the world has experienced so much wildness in the last two years and so much of it has been negative. And I think that even though this is, you know, a thriller or horror, whatever you want to call it, there's something very visceral and cathartic about it where you can kind of like feel the extreme feelings and it's okay. And I think that that hopefully this film gives people permission to yell at the screen and to, you know, <laughs> like cheer at the screen, not to gasp and to say what the fuck. And I, I think like we all need those communal experiences right now. And mm-hmm. so I just hope people, I hope people feel something and I hope they think about it for a couple of days after. Thank you so much, Mimi, and best of luck with the release of the film. Oh, thank you so much, Anna. Take care.